0: love this podcast support this show through the acar supporter feature it's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment just hit the link in the show description to support now
1: this is the apollo audio podcast Welcome to the Apollo Audio Podcast. Uh, it's me, Martin Lumsden. Got myself first this week. It's <laughs> fine to switch it up. Billy Hills yeah. and Miles Mitchell. Hello. Uh, where we go through the Rolling Stone best. 500 albums of all time list to discuss two albums every week and decide whether we think they uh, rightfully have a place on the list or whether they should be uh, consigned to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Is that that too strong? Brutal. Number 292 on the list. Our first album this week is the debut album from Van Halen. Woo! Um, Van Halen from February the 10th, 1978. Um... 1978, the year of uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind was the uh, number one uh, movie at the box office Never, in February 1978. Spielberg classic. Uh, the number one album was ABBA, the album. By who? <laughs> that's it. <sick>. Another <laughs> cop out there. That's even worse than the self-titled album. And it's not, even called, it's not even called ABBA, it's actually called ABBA the album. It's even worse. (laughs) And the number one single was Figaro by the Brotherhood of Man. Aware of the Brotherhood of Man? Eurovision Eurovision song winners. Uh, Also in February 1978, Roman Polanski uh, skipped bail and fled to France from America after pleading guilty to charges of engaging in sex with a 13-year-old girl. Lighthearted start to the uh, podcast this week. Uh, On February the 5th, Fred Newman a name familiar to us all, uh, makes 88 consecutive basketball free throws blindfolded. Wow. 88 with a blindfold on. That's quite impressive. That's quite impressive. I don't know who the hell he is, but I thought that's quite impressive. Uh, On February the 15th, escaped mass murderer Ted Bundy was recaptured. And on February the 25th, England cricketer all-rounder Ian Botham scored his first test century against New Zealand in Christchurch. That was 1978. Mm -hmm. So you put yourself in position way before you boys...
0: And we also had this fantastic album. Way before you boys
1: were born. born. Yes, Van Halen, February the 10th, 1978. The debut album. Um, Rolling Stone said in their thing about this album, this debut gave the world a new guitar hero, Eddie Van Halen and a charismatic frontman David Lee Roth tunes such as Running With The Devil and Ain't Talking About Love put the swagger back in hard rock and Van Halen's jaw-dropping technique particular interruption, eruption raised the bar for rock guitar it sounded like it came it's from another planet said the Pearl bar. Jam's Mike McCready uh, it was like hearing Mozart for the first time Mike McCready you're off your head <laughs> <laughs> uh, this uh, alright some uh, Van Halen facts guys are you ready for some fa- Van Halen facts he's dead he's, he's dead he did <laughs> die not that long ago was yeah. it exactly <laughs> I feel like we shouldn't be laughing. About it. I don't know <laughs> why am I laughing about that. I'm not laughing about Van Halen being die- dead. I'm not. Um, the self-titled debut studio album by American rock band Van Halen, to please you, Billy, self-titled, yep. uh, released on February tenth, nineteen seventy-eight. The album peaked at number nineteen on the Billboard chart and sold more than ten million copies in the United States. Wow. Uh, produced by Ted Templeman, uh, who regularly worked with the band and also the Doobie Brothers and Van Morrison. Temperton, you Ted Templeton, did say? Ted Templeman. Oh, not Rod Temperton. No, he's a different guy. <laughs> oh, right, We'll come okay. back to <laughs> Michael Jackson. This is your opportunity <laughs> oh, to no, discuss... All this all this, this album is the perfect MJ. opportunity <laughs> to ignore yeah. Van Halen, the <laughs> album, and talk about yeah. Michael Jackson. Hold that. she said, segue. <laughs> so what, who's this? Ted Templeman? Ted Templeman was the producer oh, of this. Right. Good name. Um, the album was mostly recorded live. 1 minute 42 second instrumental eruption played and written by guitarist Eddie Van Halen, considered one of the greatest guitar solos of all time, and Mm. popularized two-hand tapping, yeah, I heard the groan. Um, Gene Simmons of Kiss is usually credited with discovering Van Halen. A lot of people stick me on their thank you list, even though I don't deserve it, said Simmons, but one I do deserve to be on was that first Van Halen record. The guys owe me a couple of thousand bucks for that, but I love them. Uh, Previous placings on the Rolling Stone list, 410, 415, that currently number 292 it's It's gone Mm. up i know Uh, who wants to take on (laughs) (laughs) who wants to take on van halen uh, Um, this week's first album okay uh so what i knew about them actually
0: nothing's changed i didn't actually i didn't listen hadn't listened much to, to van halen but i feel if you ask me questions about them about their music, I would have got it pretty bang on. Like I, you know, a lot of these times we review, and I'm like, oh, I didn't expect that. I mm-hmm. didn't see the album. I totally what what this album is. Like, I completely yeah. expected it. Yeah. yeah. Um, do I think it's original? No. Some good guitar bits, some catchy songs, but my favourite being the Kinks cover, which yeah. make of that what you will. It's
2: a cover. Um, it's probably quite original for the time, though. Were they the first like? Yeah, like, like I mean, I get
1: as uh, as you said that I was thinking something. Uh, uh, sort of contiguous contiguous that's not a word is it uh with what you said last week uh, billy when we were talking about um grateful dead when i think you said is this what was popular at the time and it made me think that when we're kind of thinking about these albums is that sort of well what was going on then because we're kind of listening to them with modern ears of course Mm -hmm. and then judging them by those criteria which nothing wrong with that and then yes you said that um miles is it, it it doesn't sound that original you, no, it, but maybe it's that—that sort of, it is. That is kind <laughs> yeah. of that sound original versus what's happening now, or was it original in 1978? Is is also something I, to, just, I thought, I thought sound I don't, I don't would know. have been
2: more 80s and 70s. So at, I was quite surprised it was that year. Yeah, late, you look at some of the other bands
0: we've reviewed in this process, and I don't know. I, yeah, it's a weird one. It's hard to, it's hard. To, it's kind of everything yeah. that you want. It's kind of ticks the box like make a pot rock song. Mm. It would sound like you know. It's like a Van Halen, big guitars, guitar solos. You know. The guy's voice exactly how I expect yeah. the pop rock guys to yeah. sing. I guess the question is, it, just tipped, that where Van, you know.
1: it says in the Rolling Stone thing, they put the swagger back into hard rock. So I guess maybe the question about, it oh. doesn't sound that original, was there a lot of bands after Van Halen doing Van Halen? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, because they were sort of successful and popular. Is that, is that what happened? But, mm. you know, they, they, they're post Aerosmith, for example, aren't they? So post Yes, right? and apparently yeah, uh, yeah that Aerosmiths were the big
0: influence I just read on, on on a review. But yeah, I mean it was it was it was um I might give it just another fine. You know, it was <laughs> it was fine. It was like like I said, I think I couldn't tell up better. Is exactly what I expected. You know, this whole process is us about, you know, trying to bring the love back to albums. Cause I think that's the yeah. best way to yeah. listen. An artist once, you know, an artist deserves for you to listen to a whole body of work, not mm. just one single. Yeah. But I didn't learn anything different from listening to this Eddie Van Halen album. I didn't really know. Yeah. I, 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 I. sorry, I didn't really know much about them, but like I say, I wasn't like surprised. No. I just, it's it what I expected. And it's mm. fine. It's not quite up my my street, but it's fine.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I just think we're not into... All that hair metal scene. I've never have been. I've never been brought up on it. And as like a like guitarist, I was quite excited to, well, not so semi excited to actually like listen to it because I've never. What's their most famous song? Jump. Uh, yeah, probably. That's all I really knew. And I thought, oh, this would be quite good, uh, like guitar based album. But I've never really been impressed by like that sort of shreddy sort of sound like it's probably because i can't do it it's a bit, <laughs> but like i don't listen to like soloy sort of guitar bands it's more like riff based or just like nice like picky stuff mm. and that's never really jumped out at me and but you think it was fairly cheesy as well yeah like, it is i've, it's I've never cheesy. been into that like guns and roses sort of steel panther sort of like hem it's just never really appealed for me steel panther um <laughs> but I, yeah i think they're right it's, there's nothing really like wrong with it as you say they're probably yeah, they, wrong, if yeah. you're into that sort of stuff Decent songs, good, like good pop songs. Um, was it James Quine is one of them? That was stuck in my head. Yeah. But I wouldn't yeah. go back and listen to it. I think the Ice Cream song is possibly one of my
1: least favorite songs I've ever heard. <laughs> um, um, That's yeah, so, so much like the sort of thing that, um, I mean, they call it sort of hard rock. That sort of pomp rock yeah. or hair metal type thing. Especially Dave Lee Rothen as he got more famous and, mm. <laughs> and probably... Um, his ego grew even more than it was before. He, it was that sort of almost comedy, uh, sort of vaudeville variety type yeah. performance that he started doing, that, that Ice Cream song, I think. Yeah, was I just
2: find the lyrics so cringe in that sort of scene as well. It's all a bit, oh, tongue-in-cheek, isn't it? It's- sorry someone's just said here on, on a sorry to jump in but
0: someone's just said here which I think just sums up exactly what I was saying someone says I still hold my view that Van Halen is shallow party music but I have to concede that it is some of the catchiest shallow party music you could ever hear which um, <laughs> Did someone just tweeted that in live now to the podcast yeah no, <laughs> no, no, <okay. laughs> but I think mean, that sums it up it's just like yeah. you know it is it's kind of just that sums it up for me it is mm. quite catchy yeah. like But the choruses are quite catchy Yeah, almost that's why I think cheesy I don't know if cheesy is fair but just you know it's I thought it was going to be a lot maybe I thought it was going to be a lot more a lot heavier in places and a bit more it it had the potential
2: to be but then they've just got again them sort of vocals never been really yeah it just takes you
0: as soon as as the vocals start it takes you just to a place of just this is a rock song this is what a rock sound sounds Mm. like I mean you think of some of the bands that we've reviewed it's just they've I suppose they're not that they're more niche but I suppose they've just got a bit more of a
2: USP, as as, as it it, you know, as it unique. I think once you've heard like the first song of the album, you sort of know what's coming next. Exactly.
0: I wasn't really impressed
2: by like the bass tone either. I thought it was really woolly. I don't, yeah. I listened to it. recorded
1: live, which I wasn't. um, Oh, really? When I first listened to it, I hadn't really picked up on that. Then I read that it was largely recorded live and listened back to it. I get, yeah, I can hear that sort of live. (laughs) Sense of it, and again, and again, I feel that even the, the words that you've used, like cheesy, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you know, it's almost cliched. But I wonder whether that's undeserving um, to to give them that title when it's 1978. Mm. Mm. And that's that's So that much is, sort of came after that. True. That was that that sort of big hair metal scene, um, glam metal, you know, bands that came out after this that have followed on that tradition and therefore is that what's making it sound more cliched and more cheesy now to our ears than it did in 1978 Mm. because it wasn't then and I don't know the answer to that, but I feel that maybe that's sort of a, yeah, a, a, I a little if, unfair, maybe. If On you, if you the sound, sorry, I was going to say about that sort of bass woolly sound, is that kind of, that was more sort of, well, that's that's how it was made at the time, mm. but we're so used to hearing things punch a lot more. Yeah, now. that's be a good point. A lot more bass end. Mm. Even, I think we might have spoken before about sort of mastering processes, that even when things were being mastered for vinyl, you couldn't push the bass up that high because you'd just skip the needle off the record, mm. literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. a lot of older records suffer from that, um, in comparison to modern do Did you music. hear the remastered version? Uh, yeah, I did, yes. Mm. Which, you're, probably, you're quite right, probably just discounts everything I said. I think that's a really good point you make, Martin, because
0: I think one thing I would have got wrong, if, if uh, I mean, I think you, well, you can see it on Spotify the year it's made, but I would have said this was an 80s album, like mm-hmm. mid-80s. Mm. And actually, yeah, the fact it's 78, you think, well, maybe they started that sort yeah. of like rock i just think it's quite like um pub like uh, dad pub band it could get like covers of just kind of that they get a bit obsessed with van halen kind of ruined van halen's name a bit (laughs) do you know what i mean
1: um but i think even uh, van halen ruined van halen's name um specifically david lee roth possibly
0: yeah but it's just not it's not very gritty no very gritty mm. for me
2: yeah if I had more of an edge to it I think we no, that it, it was a done that clean rock it's just yeah you know? it's too I don't know what it be but I just don't think we're into
1: that sort of stuff are we I, I, I think that does that that doesn't, that doesn't help clearly I, 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 Miles you said earlier about it, you the, the the great thing about this podcast is the opportunity to listen to albums yeah. in the way that they were originally meant to be presented but also I guess the opportunity to encounter genres bands types of music that I wouldn't normally listen to yeah. that I possibly would have not avoided necessarily, but it wouldn't have been in my sort of... Were you, you know, a fan want, of want Van to Halen? Listen to? God, no. And that, and that's part, <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely I, everything that I kind of hated about music growing up is exemplified by Van Halen. Why? Because I didn't... I, I think maybe at that time growing up, I don't know if it's still the same, but they were, you sort of fell into either the camp of I'm into hair metal and rock, or I'm into Indian pop. And I was an Indian pop fan, and the people that liked rock music—you know, this kind of—I don't know, fucking guitar, a punk so- guitar, get guitar solos.
0: Hate it. That must have been the start of it, right? Guitar solos, like that. Must have I been think that
1: the- it's again singing that Rolling Stone review Eddie Van Halen sort of introducing the you know the guitar solo. I mean, the second track on the album is just, just a guitar a solo. solo, yeah. And it's sort of introducing this uh, tapping thing which pe- people do, and becomes sort of ubiquitous in that in that. Music. I mean, I was pretty young when this comes mm. out. I'm not talking about me saying Van Halen when they came out, I didn't like that. But that 80s scene of Hair Mel, that was not my yeah. thing no. at all. At all. I think if you listen to it as a like
2: viewing it just as like a guitarist, he is phenomenal. He's completely changed. Mm. Getting, like, stuff like the tapping thing, like basically inventing that stuff he does with the whammy bar by, by dive bombing. It's ridiculous, and people have copied that. ever he since he's got his own pedals and everything like that. Or his own guitars. Yeah, he's a phenomenal guitarist, but again, never been into that sort of shreddy sort of stuff. That sound like too no. fast playing. It's not. I don't know if it's right. Well, it's not like melodic enough for me. I prefer like I know mean, more like chord based stuff yeah. rather than like the really really fast playing. But yeah. you're right. People have he's
0: he his tone and the way he plays. Yeah, there's like plugins yeah. and things named after him. Yeah, and he's real. And I think that's kind of what I meant about the sort of de- dads in pubs. It's like, he, to be fair, he's kind of nailed, I suppose they are. I'm kind of going to think what I said at the beginning, but I suppose they've kind of nailed their lane, but mm. it's just, yeah. their lane for me is just a bit too generic because you think yeah. of like, think it's exactly what I expected.
1: It's exactly one of those things that's like insanely, I'm, I, I guess this is a very bad analogy, but I'm going to say it's a bit like, you know, if you're, a, if you're an opera lover, then you might you know, love some, an opera singer who's incredibly competent and, and you know, acrobatic in their vocal style, can reach range and all that kind of stuff. I might go, there, these guys are technically unbelievable. And yeah, I would listen to it and go, I don't care, I don't like it. Yeah. And I feel, <laughs> yeah. and, and I feel I'm, I'm sort of the same with Eddie Van Halen. So yeah. whilst, whilst being able to appreciate his amazing ability to play the guitar, I don't want to listen to him play the guitar. No. No matter how good he no. is at doing it, no. it's like, I'm not that bothered. Uh, yeah. And it's like something in music you feel quite, you know, you're quite
0: proud of yourself when you're into them. You know, yeah, you're like yeah. quite I feel like these are the opposite
2: like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> 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 so of that. Like I'm so I was a I'm
1: into it.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you're like, oh, I'm really into D'Andre was like, you're a yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, really yeah. Yeah. Cool, I think
1: if you, but you are, you, I, but that's I, I, I think you're right. And yet also I think you're wrong. If it's, <laughs> if you are you are. Like you you wear you wear the t-shirt, you've got the posters, yeah, yeah. You're into that scene and you wanna you wanna see it. I can, I'm much happier listening to Spinal Tap or Steel Panther yeah. than I am listening to Van Halen. Just, I get, then it feels like there's humour in it. Yeah, yeah, And it feels like with Dave Lee Roth, he's trying to get the humour, but it doesn't work for me. It's just not funny. Maybe it's that. <laughs> I find it very telling that it, the first single that they released off this album was the cover. Was it? The Kinks, uh, You Really Got Me. Yeah. Like, that was the first single they released from this. It was even like, what's the first experience you're going to get of Van Halen as an album? was a cover of a kinkstone mm. find that's, that gobsmacking that mm. sums up everything we've just said <laughs> doesn't <laughs> that's, it that's how we introduce it I think it's
2: not as good as come from it though I think um, well not purposely but all the uh, all the hair ba- bands from the 80s mm. and then I think grunge came out of that because there's such like a resistance towards it and they want to do something completely opposite yeah was like, almost Guns N'
1: Roses even although they kind of get a bit sort of lobbed into the same uh, area yeah. now I mean they were a reaction against that really? um, really i mean they weren't they they didn't have the you know the long hair hairspray uh, mm. glammed up i think they were a bit of a reaction yeah. a bit of the sort of you know we we were a bit more down and dirty yeah I still don't like them <laughs> <laughs> i'm, I'm really sure we're going to get to guns and guns and roses as well uh, 292 on this list as, as you kind of uh, said when when i said it they were previously 410 415 so it's leapt up by 100 places which again i'm like is that when did when did Eddie Van Halen die last year because this list came out in 2020. I was wondering if I it think was it was fairly po- recently. I was wasn't wondering it? if it's it was so post because <laughs> uh, only because I kind of thought of that afterwards. I wonder if it was after he'd after he'd gone and that influenced the placing. Maybe I'm not sure. That may be a little. I bit mean, I, I do think he deserves to be on the list somewhere. Yeah, I would say so the, the fact that it's that much higher up, I'm just wondering if that's kind of because the yeah. list, the vote was done after he'd died. So it's, you know, you've got that kind of, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, my yeah. God, we've just lost a guitar god. And therefore it kind of gathered more votes when was this done it's been then? in the list before but, but when, not that high when was this uh, done it's at end of 2020 so, so he died October 2020 I mean it's probably it's probably not around the same time I imagine they were gathering votes before mm. then but it's around about that time <laughs> yeah uh, I don't know I, say, I just wondered whether that had influenced uh, people's votes because it seems I don't, I don't know what it is I can't quite tell in a, in, in a 2020 environment why it was um, gone up the list so much because other albums that we've done I can kind of see why they've been reassessed yeah uh, in terms of you know how how they're seen in sort of overall culture, but this escapes me. But maybe that's just because I don't get it. Mm, I, it I have do. to say, I mean, maybe it is the Spinal Tap's and uh, the Spinal Tapness of it. Yeah, um, it's hard to hate it. What this album? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not, I'm not into it. It's not when there are bits of it that do make you smile. Mm. They're kind of tracks that you go, do you know what? This, and i was surprised that I recognised a couple of tracks I didn't expect to recognise. Um, ain't talking about love oh yeah that i recognized that I, I don't know whether that riff at the beginning of it's been ripped off elsewhere that mm. might be where i recognize it from because that is a sort of a i don't know but it you, seems but, to be a well but you riff.
0: are right it's fairly infectious in terms of like the chorus melodies and things oh yeah it's like, catchy yeah, it's catchy you're not you it's not like um painful to the ears no. but it's just um
1: i yeah i won't be uh I won't be putting it on anytime soon mm, again. Yeah. Well, let me tell you that its initial critical reception was mainly negative when it first came out. So, again, it's kind of being reassessed. 1978, Rolling Stone critic Charles Young said in three years, Van Halen will be fat, self indulgent, and disgusting, following Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin right into the toilet. In the meantime, they're likely to be a big deal. But he also wrote that Van Halen's secret is not doing anything that's original. Miles? <laughs> Um, whilst having the hormones to do it better than all the bands that have become fat, self-indulgent and disgusting. Eddie Van Halen mastered the art of lead rhythm guitar in the addition of Jimmy Page and Joe Walsh. Several riffs on this record beat anything Aerosmith has come up with in years. And vocalist Dave Lee Roth manages the rare hard rock feat of infusing largely forgettable lyrics with energy... And not sounding like a castrato at the same time. Um, Drummer and bassist are competent and properly unobtrusive. (laughs) That's nice. Uh, Village voice critic Robert Christgau, who actually I've mentioned a couple of times on this pod already, says, For some reason, Warner wants us to know that this is the biggest bar band in the San Fernando Valley. That term becomes honorific when the music belongs in a bar, but this music belongs on an aircraft carrier. It was not it's not like they kind of uh, came out in 1978 and every woman went wow <laughs> mainly critics went yeah. <laughs> just like but, his guitar you know, tone they're stuck around forever the the Michael Jackson connection of course Miles do you want to do you, you want to pitch in because I thought this is a perfect opportunity to Well uh,
0: all I know is that he did the beat it wasn't speed it solo and I think he did get on the floor as well he yeah. was involved because it's it a big deal
1: that, bit when, so is uh, yeah. uh, that When, that, when that came ever. out, that was, was really yeah, that, was... that was a big deal. Yeah, That was a big deal because it was like, you know, put, putting a uh, guitar rock god um, yeah. into a pop track was, you know, yeah. that, that's not, that, that wasn't done. That wasn't like normal.
0: Yeah. I bet they said, right, his manager called him, right, we've got a... Uh we got an opportunity for you to do a pop song. Not interested. I only do rock, mm. hair metal. Mm. It's for Michael Jackson. It was like, yeah, where? Well, where's the studio? <laughs> that
1: yeah. is, that is literally. I'm, I'm sure there are stories about how how it came about and who wanted to do it. And all I mean,
0: yeah, and it's good. And it's good. It's um, it's a great song. I think it was 1982. So he would have been, what was his 78? So he'd be as his debut as their debut. So yeah, he would have been yeah a massive rock call at the time. Like he said, and it, it made sense to everybody.
1: Yeah, um, I think that cro- crossover, that cultural crossover, must have been a, I think a, a, a big deal. it's certainly Say, I wasn't, I wasn't that old, but it's, the, it's the first time I'd ever heard of Eddie Van Halen was not to do with Van Halen. It was to do with Michael Jackson. That's where that's just, where, that's what, where was I heard
0: him. Get on the floor. Do you know? Was it? Was, it, or was, it, definitely, it. It was
1: definitely a beat. It was definitely beat. It was the big was, one because that was the single, and that's because it's, it's got the solo on it, and that was the that well, was the one. There is guitar and get on the floor. Well, I mean, it's something floor. Michael Jackson replicated later with different guitar. Mm. It? yeah um, he liked using rock, the girl didn't he? Mm. Uh, um, and I think but I, I think that was because of the success of Beat It not because he just thought I need to get a rock guitar going on mm. this I thought well Beat It went well let's do it again mm. yeah um, but yeah just thought it was interesting that we, we finished the podcast talking about Michael Jackson last week and then went and then straight we on to Va- Van Halen we've had a few
0: well they've died out in the last few
1: weeks but we had a weird
0: like links at the beginning do you remember everything was kind of yeah. it felt they like we were back, on uh, this 500 everything's <laughs> journey everything's
1: connected I've got another good one for you in the ne- in the next part of the show oh, oh, amazing uh, right so guys Van Halen by Van Halen I think well we sort of know I was going to say you know this not only yeah. is this named after the band but the band is named after himself it's that's kind of a oh, triple whammy silly. as far as you're That's concerned. minus two points already. <laughs> 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 okay, uh scores uh, for Van Halen, boys. What do I reckon?
0: That's I'm gonna great. go. I'm gonna go with a three, and only because Ooh. I think. Wow. I, I, like y- yeah, because I think. Just saying, it's okay if you like this sort of stuff. I think it's too throwaway because I think, mm. like you said, it's 978. You know, coming out of the seventies. It must have been. I mean, I haven't done the research, so if anyone's listening and think oh, I'm completely wrong, I'm apologise. Mm. It must have been original, though it sounds not original. Mm. It must have been original yeah. for the year it started, like you alluded to at the beginning, Martin. Yeah. So for that, that bumped in up in my eyes. I'll gives him a three over a two because I think if he kind of started that sound or they yeah. started that sound, then then that, then hats off
1: yeah. to, <laughs> to, to, to Van Halen. But Miles literally took his hat. But on. it's all
2: my sort of things. So th- three. I get that. I think you've changed my mind. Uh, I was going to go for a two, but you can't take it away from his guitar, can you? Yeah. I think that interviewer said it perfectly. There's, You don't really notice anything else yeah. on the album. The drums and bass don't interfere at all. Yeah. yeah. Vocals do a little bit.
1: Um, <laughs> but his guitar is ridiculous, so you've got to give it a least it. a three, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Martin, I'm going to stick with the two. I think. I, I, I mean, I mean, I don't think, like I said, okay. If you like this sort of thing, yeah. If you're into, if you're into this kind of music, this is formative stuff. There, uh, Eddie Van Halen himself is obviously a rock god. But am I going to say worth a listen? No, I don't really think it is. I don't think there's anything that special on this album that makes it worth a listen. Uh, the cover. Okay. So if you say, say you <laughs> say, someone calls you
0: up for booking tomorrow, and they say, yeah. and they come in, and they've got. Um, hair down their back and they're into sort of hair metal Mm. you wouldn't say would you say Van Halen that's okay or would you say oh you should probably you should listen to Van Halen to get some uh, ideas I don't think you you should listen to the debut
1: album I I don't know enough obviously for for reasons that have probably become clear in what I've said during this um, (laughs) during this podcast I haven't listened to much else by uh, Van Halen at all, so I don't really know much else that's going on. If if you wanted to listen to Van Halen, why listen to this album? It's not their biggest commercial hit. It's critically, in in terms of this Rolling Stone list, is the one that's on the list. There isn't another Mm. Van Halen album on this list. But I still feel like surely 1984, or I think even maybe the album before that, were the bigger, better commercial hits, but I don't really know enough. So I'd sort of say start there, and then if you like that, go backwards. And that fair would, enough. That, there, that fair would enough. be. That's why I'm sort of thinking uh, three. But I, that, that I may be entirely. You know, I'm sure if you spoke to a Van Halen fan, then go. you Are there any? <laughs> do you know any Van Halen fans? <laughs> yeah, I bet, I I bet some
0: coming here.
2: No? <laughs> yeah, possibly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I know people that are in, into this stuff. So what's that then? A. <laughs> uh, mm, that's bad. That's an eight. I think that's that's fighting with Dusty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I
2: have a seven. 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 Sorry. <laughs> no. What's three, six, eight, eight. eight. I've been really struggling my mouth. Oh, oh, I was simple. thinking <laughs> the yeah. The yeah. Really? three Maybe plus three, three plus two is seven. Well, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I'm sort of surprised you guys marked it up so high, but there we go. Uh, okay, that is Van Van Halen. I wonder if we've got any more of this kind of hair metal stuff here. There's a hand in the air. Do you want to say something? Little break. Can I leave? Yes, you can. Uh, okay, we'll be back with part two of the podcast after these messages. <laughs> Our second album on the podcast this week is from July the 3rd, 1995, and it is Brown Sugar by D'Angelo, the debut album from D'Angelo. Thankfully, not called D'Angelo. That would have, that would have, annoyed. That would have annoyed you, wouldn't Third it? Third uh, In July 1995, the number one movie at the box office was Apollo 13. Oh. Um, the number one album, strangely enough, it was the same band as we had last week, I think. The number one album was These Days by Bon Jovi. I'm sure it was the number one album uh, yeah, by yeah, Bon Jovi was, last yeah. week as well. Yeah. Uh, the number one single, do you remember this one, boys? Boom, boom, boom by the Out Here Brothers. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I want you in my room. No, that's not them, is I it? I think it is. And spend my life together. To get
0: in my room.
1: I think that might be the one. I don't remember it at all, but Miles, I think you're the winner on that one. I swear that's like. At least that sounds like it might be the right one. Boom, I don't know if it is boom, or not. Boom,
0: boom. It's like. like,
1: like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, go on, keep going. In <laughs> July, uh, German superstar Steffi Graf beats Arancha Sanchez Vicario, Spain, for her sixth Wimbledon title. Uh, Shaggy released his third studio album, Boombastic, uh, won a great. Grammy Award for best reggae album and on July 17th Forbes magazine announced Bill Gates as the richest man in the world with a net worth of $12.9 billion. God knows how much It it is now. Uh, but that's it and on July the 19th here's, here's the coincidental link with last week's show guys on July the 19th Jerry Garcia of Grateful Dead u- unexpectedly played his final concert at Soldier Field Chicago, Illinois as he died of a another, heart attack the next month
0: another link yeah. uh, sorry Boom the one I was seeing was by the Vingle Boys ah. uh, Boom Boom Boom, boom, boom. <laughs>
1: what's the Out here, Brothers I don't know um, what that yeah. there was a period where there was lots of uh, songs that went boom wasn't there <laughs> what's the Will Smith one
2: boom boom shake shake the room that's a that's, tune that's the one yeah. And boom, boom, shake the
1: room. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Good Fresh Prince. Yeah. was it's a good word, yeah. good word Jazzy, to sing. Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. <laughs> boom. Before so no, Will, Shaggy, before Will bit, Smith was Will Smith. But so you know, Shaggy, on,
2: Shaggy's not the singer in that song, is he? He's the... Uh, oh, yeah. He's the, yeah, he's the, he's the rapper, he's yeah. The, he's the rapper, yeah.
1: But, but you know, got me that, on the counter. That's not bombastic though. That wasn't me. Mega fantastic. It wasn't me. But you
0: got on the counter. That guy's such a to cheer. Yeah,
1: yeah. It wasn't me. Yeah, that's Shaggy. And that's my playlist Still going anyway. Anyway, we're getting off the subject of... D'Angelo. Uh, D'Angelo album from 1995, called July 1995. Wait a minute, my papers are the wrong way around. Uh, Michael D'Angelo Archer. Did you know that? D'Angelo is his um, middle name? Well, sorry, is it Michael Angelo or Michael D'Angelo? Michael D'Angelo Archer is his name. So he was he growing up known D'Angelo. as Mike Archer. It's not quite as classy. It's no. <laughs> a you new, boys here's a new what album. What's your Mike? name? It was just your middle oh, name. Tr- be. Ted.
0: Is middle name, Ted. Ted. It's quite good. but There's a film taking that. Unfortunately, yeah. might I, be Dave. I'd, I'd be Jonathan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'd I'd be. I'd be hugely popular. <laughs> yeah. In a, in a surprising genre. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, minister's <laughs> son from Richmond, Virginia. Uh, who performed in a hip-hop group as a teenager. D'Angelo was just entering his 20s when he released his debut, a visionary fusion of 70s soul and 90s R&B that paved the way for neo-soul. D'Angelo did nearly everything on Brown Sugar, layering his own dazzling harmonies while displaying a studio command that recalled Prince and Stevie Wonder whether on the down and dirty Jones in my bones, or Jones in my bones, presumably, and uh, psychedelic soul of me and those dreaming eyes of mine sounding so warm and chill you almost don't notice that shit-damn motherfucker is a did-me-wrong double murder fantasy uh, production instrumentation arrangements and songwriting all primarily handled by d'angelo who employed both vintage recording equipment and modern electronic devices uh, in 1995 he discussed the influence that musician prince had on his approach saying i was one of those guys who read the album credits and realized prince was a true artist he wrote produced and performed and that's the way i wanted to do it it debuted at number six on the US Billboard R&B chart, selling 300,000 copies in its first two months, spent 65 weeks on the Billboard chart. Uh, produced by D'Angelo himself, Bob Power, Ali, Shahid, Mohammed and Raphael Sadiq. This is its first appearance on the 500 list and is the middle entry of three wow. from D'Angelo on the, fi- on the 500 list uh, at 183. So did he play most of the instruments then yeah. on that? Wow, because my first actual
2: introduction for him was um, teaching actually Sid. He's uh, one of his tracks off um, what's his second album? I think it's more famous. Voo, is it Voodoo or something like that. Yeah, um, Voodoo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a grade eight guitar track on there. And that's my first okay. introduction to him. That's ridiculous guitar on that album as well. Really good, but I actually I thoroughly enjoyed this album. Loved every single second of it. I wasn't too short to expect because that grade eight one was a little bit like jazzy for my liking, uh-huh. a little bit too noodly, but this one. I could just hear the influences after this album came out as well I thought it was very like trip poppy I thought like the second track could have been of that Mazine Al M- 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 whatever it's called that by um, Massive Attack mm, mm. I thought it was quite Lauren Hill some of it I think every mm. every single one of them tracks could be sampled and put like a bit of rap over it and it's just loved it very much my cup of tea okay yeah, it, join us next week for another yes, album yes it does <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I, I think I made it clear last um, week I was a fan. Uh, I think you guys have walked. I in on, be
1: right up your street. I think one. you guys have walked yeah. in enough uh,
0: times of me making music and. Is that D'Angelo? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry, yeah, yeah. And you've you mistaken me for the terms of D'Angelo because I'm so good. No, but the, that what he was talking about is Prince. I mean, it's literally my influencing my influence lane as well. Yeah. It's such an obvious connection to Prince, but. What I like about, and I'm not saying every singer can do this or has to do this, but I think what I like about singers like Prince and and certainly D'Angelo is they've got such a good register and they can do different things with their voice. Mm. So they can do a song in falsetto and then they can do a song in chest, then they play around with harmonies. And I think coming back to the point about what you want from an album, that gives you some great variation. I mean, you look at Prince from like a tune like I Wanna Be Your Lover when he sings all in falsetto and then he has like a huge song like Purple Rain mm. when when it's, when it's more from his chest. And I just think, uh, I think D'Angelo, it's, it's interesting to hear. I mean, like I said, anyone could have guessed that Prince's a big influence for him and I think you can hear that. But yeah, f- talking specifically about D'Angelo, I think he bridged that gap between soul, took it to R&B in the mm. 90s and like Billy said, like, the, the people that have been influenced off the back of it is, is mm. never enough I've worked with a lot of people and D'Angelo always comes up yeah. he's, he, he's, he's, he's a masterclass. the fact he produced it all himself uh, or, or with others mm. um, the only thing that surprised me because like, if I'm honest I know quite a lot of the tracks of the album but I've never actually listened mm. all the way through and mm. it actually struck me how musical the album was mm. there was a tune um it was like quite jazzy. Yeah, it, was like, yeah. it was like a walking bass, yeah. like um. I
2: definitely got better as the album went on as well. Yeah, it did. Yeah. But
0: um, sorry, I just want to get the name of it because it really. Uh, I thought, well, that was a. Um, when we get by, mm-hmm. and I, I, I was really impressed with that. I mean, it's got a bit of everything. Even if this isn't sort of your genre, I think anyone can come and appreciate the musicality of the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was. It's a masterclass, and I think it will. Um, Will etch its name into history
2: uh, for for uh, and, and for time yeah. to come. Definitely, really good. Saying that beforehand about uh, trip hop and all stuff like that, I thought like the, the Massive Attack album came up before this one. I didn't realize oh, was it was after. Three years later. Yeah. Like the Lauren Hill one was like three years later than that as well.
0: Hmm. I mean, trip hop much... as, as a, a genre is completely influenced by hip hop, isn't yeah, it? And just yeah. taken to a more sort of Bristolian.
2: Yeah. But it's the the drum loops way. on it, quite yeah. lo-fi in some space. I thought production on it was amazing as well.
0: In the 1995, you sat down, you've, you're talented as him, he knows what sort of artist he's into. He's really, for me, takes soul music from sort of 70s, 80s. You know, Stevie Wonder's, Luther Van Vandross, yep. George Benson's, that sort of sound. And again, I could be wrong, this could be a sweeping statement, but it's almost like moved soul on foot mm-hmm. for, for everybody. And this is, you know, pushed it into a more R&B lane. And... and uh, I think that's why he's, a pi- he's seen as a pioneer because he was the first. And like you said, then Triple might have come off the back of it, but he was the first, or, or certainly one of. It's, it's so soulful, but he like brings that R and B energy mm. to it. It's just, I just think it's gra- it was a groundbreaking mm. album, and
2: I just think he's a very, very, very talented, talented guy. Is he still going? Yeah,
0: yeah. I think he's still touring, performing, and stuff. Yeah,
2: and yeah. he did it in his early twenties as well, which is a bit sick. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is like a <laughs> debut. Early, what about uh, album, you, Marta? not that- very
1: young. It's interesting, Billy, you just said it kind of gets better as it gone on. Now, that was actually my experience of listening to it, was I got more into it as it went on. Mm. Initially, like Brown Sugar, okay, uh, opening track, it wasn't the sort of a, uh, oh, wow, okay, mm. this is going to be good. It wasn't as good an opener as, say, uh, the Lauren Hill album that we've spoken about before, yeah. which I think kind of comes in pretty strong, this less so, but the more I listened to it, the more I got into it. The f- Interestingly, the first one that really captured me and thought, oh, I, I quite like this, was the cover. Uh, the Smokey Robinson cover uh, yeah. Cruising. and that was the first one I really noticed listening to it. But after that, I just kind of re- really did just in- enjoy the album to the extent that when it finished, I would I, I did do a sort of a oh yeah <laughs> I, thought, I thought there was going to be more. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a little bit oh, is that the end of it? That's a shame. Um, so that was a that was a, a nice experience listening back, thinking a bit more about it, and having read about it. You know the connections we've made between Marvin Gaye, Lauren Hill, the sort of cult- culture and the and the sound and the style. I could again sort of feel that sort of influence, knowing what's on this list as well. And and, and D'Angelo said this is, this is one of three albums that's on the list. There's one lower down, but there's one significantly higher up. Yeah. So I'm sort of interested to listen to that. Um, I think it's Voodoo is, is much higher up. and Black Messiah is the other one that's on there, which is, is lower down. And this is the yes. this is the middle one. And if I'm right um, in thinking, it's literally like a five-year five, five year gap between Voodoo
2: and Brown Sugar. Black yeah. Messiah is quite recent. And then, 2014,
0: right? 2014 yeah. Black Messiah. So I think that's why also he there's always such um, anticipation. You know, he, yeah, he's yeah. he's made three for being such a legend, and he really is a yeah. pioneer. So I'm intrigued by that. Yes, the sort of the
1: knowing that there's another album, sort of next album from uh, D'Angelo that that is like as I said that getting that sort of Lauren Hill that was the only one she did and yeah, it's, yeah, and it's yeah, really yeah. up the top Is he's it's actually on sort of, that Lauryn Hill album yeah, yeah he does yeah, track he performed them, on yeah. that yeah, 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 as well yeah. I think that's a similar thing like you said Billy he's kind of well he's the he's the guy he's the go-to guy I want him mm. as part of this album at that time 1995 yeah. to 98 that's the period he was a wicked performer as well he we can't just yeah, have yeah. the full superstar yeah. package so uh yeah I said I'm sort of thinking about uh, Voodoo will that get that sense of climbing up the list I think you just said that uh uh, Miles, just now, about will that sort of be reappraised and only become seen with even greater respect going on? Probably, possibly not this album, but that other one will keep moving, moving up the list, I think, maybe. I was thinking about the Prince um, comparisons. Yeah. That so this sort of, I suppose, the major difference that I noticed was Prince as an artist, he's playing instruments and using a band. So uh, D'Angelo more samples and loops. And I feel like had Prince come along, 10 years later, 15 years later, that might have been his sort of source of uh, creative inspiration as well. Because he was, you know, another guy that just wanted, you know, first using Lind drums and tuning them and doing all sorts of weird stuff with um, electronic instruments, but more traditional in terms of how he formed the music, I think. Whereas D'Angelo has sort of come along and said, no, I'm going to use drum loops and samples and create music in a different way. Uh, equally creatively. That was, that was just my sort of thought in terms of comparisons with uh, Prince in terms of the actual construction of the mm. songs.
2: You said you were surprised when it ended. I just, it's quite a long album for 10 tracks, isn't it? They're all around like yeah. four or five minutes, aren't yeah. they? But I don't think they drag. I think they're all like sort of well-suited. And they, they do, they're quite repetitive, but it's always elements that add in yeah. and...
1: Yeah, yeah, I was interested. I I think listening to Brown Sugar again this morning a little bit, I had that exactly. As you said, mm. I was like what. Well, there's nothing really. It's a section, then another section, then that first section repeated, and then the second section repeated again. There's mm. nothing. W- w- what is it that keeps it interesting? Because mm. it does sort of. I think it's just you subtle. don't get bored addition of
2: it. in the instrumentation or another yeah. melody or a harmony comes mm. in there. and It just pricks you, isn't it? Yeah. yeah,
0: it's clearly very, very musical. I think the vo- vocally. Spot on. Harmonies yeah. were amazing. Like I said earlier, I personally like just the variation of using it, going into different register yeah. and... I'd love to... Have heard like a,
2: I don't know if a feature will take it away or him having a go maybe like Lauren Hill on it. I think that could just take it even more to the next level to have that yeah. other influence on it. Yeah. I guarantee it's been sampled.
0: Yeah. I think he's generally seen as... a as, as His name has got to be... Yeah, you talk of Lauryn mm. Hill, but in terms of when people talk about R&B, and especially, mm. you know, for, 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 for me, that was... I grew up in the 90s, you know, with R&B was... Or Rhythm and Blues, as it called. Was, <laughs> it, it, it took... You know, that was the movement, I think, from sort of soul music and pop music and sort of the amalgamation. And I genuinely think if you asked... A hundred people who love their R and B, mm. to name their favourite, I think he would come up 80, 80 times
1: as the top. It would be quite easy to allow this music to sort of blend into the background,
2: mm. yeah.
1: Uh, to not really pay attention to, it, and then that, and you mentioned about the sort of jazzy influences. I was thinking it, it sort of works on that same level that maybe the Charles Mingus did to a degree. It sort of put put this on. I don't know In a studio environment yeah. or somewhere, you're not going to annoy anyone with it. No one's going to come on edge and yeah. go, oh, fuck this? Yeah. a
0: thing. I think it's a driving album, it's a vinyl album. Yeah, yeah. but I don't, I'm not saying it's one of those albums which is like, oh my God, that just hit me like a huge yeah. hit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you put on like a big album. But I also thought
1: it's, uh, it's, uh, which, it's, a, it's a Netflix and chill album. Exactly. To use, to use, <laughs> a, to use was, a euphemism, right? I was going to say
0: it sets a tone, yeah. uh, which basically meant like, yeah, if you want to get it on, put a little D'Angelo on and pop. The bottle of red wine, <laughs> and you know,
1: um, which is what a lot of soul's about as well, right? Let's yeah, that kind of that. But he's, I mean,
0: of... his top. Of, I think he's on the album cover. Is yeah. it Brown trigger When he's literally got his top off, and then the Voodoo is, yeah. or oh, Voodoo, right? Yeah. But and then so from How think, Does It Feel, well, which is from yeah. that album, him his his biggest tune probably. Mm. I mean, he, he's naked in the whole video, and he's the camera literally moves around and just sort of misses, you know, the <laughs> X-rated parts <laughs> out. He, you know, he was he was selling sex. <laughs> yeah. I, like, that, he he he's like. A cool, a cool dude man mm. just yeah, like yeah. and very sexual with it and and that's kind of um, what he is an artist and yeah. then his vocal just compliments it he's just a, he's just yeah I, I, I think it th- thought it was great cool thought it was
1: great unlike the uh, Van Halen album this one was uh, highly praised when it was uh, released uh, Martin Johnson of Chicago Tribune praised the fusing of elements of Prince early 70s Smokey Robinson and post Woodstock Sly in the family Stone. Uh, NME wrote that D'Angelo's downbeat world Blurs the borders Kicking over traces of the genre game And Time Magazine's Chris Farley Said that D'Angelo's austere sound On the album serves as a reminder Of the 1970s musical atmosphere But updated for listeners In the 90s Despite calling it lyrically a bit simple (laughs) Yahoo (laughs) Music Jeff Watson commended D'Angelo For his musicianship And wrote that his marvellous voice And smooth instrumentation Complement his solid songwriting skills uh, Robert Criscow again village voice critic uh, again mentioned having been lukewarm toward the record in a contemporary view uh, he later wrote that he wasn't surprised to have warmed to it D'Angelo's concentration is formidable his groove complex yet primal wow so, that's something else isn't it I've mm. got a groove that's complex but primal <laughs> well, yeah. that's something to say isn't it <laughs> yeah
0: um, alright to the vote you guys, you guys start this, to, this the, this is, this to gonna,
1: the vote this is gonna go this mine is, Oh, well, am I scoring first? Yeah. Ah, oh, it's gonna be a tricky one for me, isn't it? Um three. Three. Yeah. Solid. Why? Because I think I said this about the Van Halen one as well. You can't really not like it. I wasn't hugely taken by it, and I I, I guess I'm partly hedging my bets in that I think I'm gonna um give another D'Angelo album a higher rating. Yeah. So I think this one's, yeah, worth a listen. Did you say the other album comes? There's two, uh, there's two other albums on the list. One is higher and one is lower. So There's one that's very near the top of the list. It's top 30. That's Voodoo. Yeah. It's got to be Voodoo's top 30. Yeah. Black yeah. is sort of in the 400 somewhere, I think. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, get a chance to listen to Voodoo, that that might be the one that I go, that's the D'Angelo yeah. album. Mm. More uh, hit, so I'm more sort of hedging my bets having not heard it. So, yeah, I think
2: three. Well, I think it's one of the albums everyone's got to listen to. So for that fact... I think it's got to be a five. It? It's got
1: to be. It's, it's not on my favorite
2: album ever, but it's, it's just instantly good, groovy, not a single bad song on there. And yeah, it's been a lot, lot better than other albums we've listened to. Fair enough. So We haven't had very many five-star albums, but
1: we have had, had two, in two in a row. In a row. Very good. And what, they're both in 90s albums. What was the
0: other one? Oh, Lauren Hill. Well, what was the other one? I don't think we, we saw did rating uh, Against
1: the Machine last week. Oh, you five, you think uh, Lauren Hill would five have been a five-star as well.
0: album Reach Against the Machine last week. I... Interesting because naturally I'd say five, love it, we'll always listen to it, we'll recommend to everybody. But I just literally typed in Voodoo track listing and I was like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That mm. tune, that other thing. So <laughs> You can give two fives. But limited uh, amount of yeah, fives. but it It's yeah, gotta be yeah. and also <laughs> no, and also if five. you look at like Prince albums that I know so influenced is that the five and then the, the D'Angelo but then the Delanjo next one I think could be a Do you five like Prince. Yeah,
2: just a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you tell?
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with a five as well. Good man, quite right too. Thirteen. I mean, that's is that winning? I think yeah, fourteen. Uh, I think we was got rage. fourteen last
1: week, didn't yeah. we? For um, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. But you know, this is all about creating a, 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 a revised or our list, I suppose, a revised yeah. list of what we think belongs on this list. Like we've yeah. we've had a very high album on this list that we just ditched straight off. Mm. <laughs> Should like, have been I'm the top fifty. We're like, get rid of it. It's rubbish. <laughs> what was that? Dusty. Uh, Chuck. No, 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 no. I mean, Dusty didn't do too well with, with us, but I don't know. Maybe we'll revise that. No, Chuck Chuck Berry's greatest hits was, um, you know, no. I said I think we said at the time if this was a greatest artist of all time list, Chuck Berry's on it. This is the greatest albums of all time yeah. list. No, mm. gone. Um, so cool. All okay, right. So that's uh, a fairly enjoyable week. Mm, yes. uh, I guess even so, you know, I've, 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 as as Miles, I think you said, I I nothing I got from Van Halen that I didn't expect, especially like <laughs> track track one, and they're already talking about the devil. I mean, come on, guys! <laughs> it's like it should be. If we get any more of these types of uh, albums, I want to have a devil lottery. How how long before Satan or the devil or something gets <laughs> mentioned? Just do bingo on these things uh, on these stupid bloody albums uh, but yeah it's good, good fun listening to these um, waiting for the number general so yeah. right that was the end of our two albums for this week thank you very much indeed good scores let us move on to uh, next week's albums okay let's go for album number one for next 61. week 61 wow 61 uh, okay, well, we're in, I, I guess we're in the same sort of uh, territory here. Eric B. and Rakim. Oh, cool. And mm. uh, Paid in Full. Oh. Nice. Uh, oh, sur- I'm surprised that. Uh, 1987. I thought it was later than that. Uh, paid in Full, the debut album of American hip hop Joe, Eric B. and Rakim, uh, released July 7th, 1987. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. I've always heard of that album again, never listened to it. Rakim's supposed to be like one of the goats, isn't he? Paid but, in Full, yeah. I Track that I'm expecting to know. Okay, cool. That's uh, nice. next yeah. one 444. Four, four. All the fours. Uh, this will be interesting <laughs> actually because he's an artist that wins, that's been winning Grammys and Critical Awards recently loads and loads and loads. Fiona Apple and Extraordinary Machine, third album from American singer songwriter Fiona Album, uh, Fiona Apple, Fiona <laughs> Album. <laughs> That's the third apple from <laughs> 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 uh, released two thousand and five. What's the music Al- she did she I've
0: I've never never heard, never of, heard
1: of, of her? Never heard of Fiona Apple. No. Uh, Fiona you Apple. you said the Grammys thing. I was she's like, been winning Grammys all over the place, especially for her album that was released I think last year. Uh, was one of the albums of the year last she did year. About she's about a long she, time. She, What's the album is, called, Sorry, It's called Extraordinary Machine. Uh, if you recall the uh, I did the interview with Gareth. Yeah, uh, who'd gone through the whole list. One of the artists that he said he had discovered through doing this mm. list and was hugely impressed by was Fiona Apple. Oh, cool. So really, really uh, impressed by oh, wow. the music. So I uh, re- remember Fiona Apple from her very first sort of hit single, um, which was called Criminal, which mm. was a big sort of uh, MTV sort of hit as a sort of pop female singer songwriter but she has uh really kind of carved out a, a, a different um market for herself i think as a, a very sort of on on the edges critically acclaimed musician writer so it'll be interesting to hear this album she's american she is american yeah i can't believe they've never heard of them so good next time then guys till next time thank you very much been good to talk to you Good to stalk you on the thank you, Mr. It's been good to stalk you, <laughs> and uh, we will be back with uh, Fiona Apple and Eric B and Rakim. What a combination! Wow, uh, join us next time to all the uh, all the usual stuff. Uh, if you would like to hit join like, us in the in the album, subscribe, have a listen to the albums and tell us what you tell us what you think. You've got a sort of a week to keep up to date with us (laughs) as well and yeah do the like and subscribe leave us a comment all that kind of stuff uh on the on the podcast because that helps us reach more people thank you and helps us feel like we're wanting and if you think martin
0: is such a great host which i do you can listen to him on radio stations on wednesday nights.
1: oh wednesday nights! i thought i'd give you a plug 365 radio the big sound machine thank you very much uh okay guys see you next time see you later bye. Bye. bye
0: Will you forgive me?